Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast. Uh, my name is Gabriel Hakon, and I am here with my co-host, Sadie Carpenter. And Sadie, would you like to introduce our guest today? I absolutely would. We are here with the one and only, the beautiful, the witty, Dinah Housefire. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are... So happy to have you. <laughs> I'm I'm unbelievably excited for this today because this is not just the normal Leaving Eden podcast episode. Um, for Pride Month, we thought that it would be a good idea to do, uh, and I'm getting chills just saying it, the Leaving Eden Drag Brunch. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys here? Are you guys here for that Leaving Eden Drag Brunch? Leaving Absolutely. Eden Drag. Brunch? I am. I am so yeah. here for that. Okay, so I've got uh, Peroni and I've got Cavassier. Uh, Sadie, what do you have? I have myself a, a gin and tonic. Uh, people got really excited last time I did the wine mom Sadie bit on the, on the show. <laughs> so I hope this one is similarly popular. Dinah, what are you drinking today? So today I was trying to go with the brunch theme. So I... Um, created a not real mimosa out of some Moscato and some mango nectar. 
Well, that actually sounds really f***ing delicious. I was going to say, that, try that. I would try um, that. You know, anyway, I mean, come on down. <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys are all listening to the show and you are all probably like, who is Dinah House Fire? Why are we listening to this person on this show that we like? So, Dinah, how would you like to introduce yourself to oh the beautiful people? Yeah, yeah. Who are you? Um, so <laughs> why should we ca- why should we care about you? <laughs> oh, honey, you shouldn't, but I'm here anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I am a drag queen um, based out of Arkansas, and um, I'm oh. here because I grew up in a super conservative Baptist sect here in Arkansas, um, and I'm primarily do um, like camp and. Uh, comedy stuff in drag so i do some stand-up and roast battles and um all kinds of fun stuff and you know i just like i tell drunk people jokes as a side <laughs> hustle like, so i'm kind of hoping that you'll work on that quivassier okay well <laughs> you know i actually i was gonna say no guarantees but actually guarantees so <laughs> <laughs> and it, so and what were you raised ifb iblp how were you raised so i was raised in um so it's called the bmaa um which is the baptist missionary association of america um and i would i would uh, like describe them as probably one tick less restrictive than the ifb from what i've learned and what i found out um like doctrinally it sounds like more or less exactly the same um, we were allowed to listen to some contemporary Christian music, um, and we spicy. Like, I know, very <laughs> spicy. Like there was, you know, when I was a teen, I even got to listen to like Jars of Clay if I was chill about it. What's Jars of Clay? Oh my God, Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay and like DC Talk and even Audio What's Adrenaline. What's DC Talk? What's so, Audio okay. Adrenaline? What are all these? Are all audio- like. Wait, is Audio Adrenaline the the um the the group from Glee? No, um, but that's that's vocal adrenaline. Um, oh, no. it's close. I know Jars of Clay, and I'm trying to figure out how do I describe this to Gabby. Like, if it's Jars uh, of Clay, it, would be like maybe um, alt Christian rock, but like very light, like very. Yeah, I, was, I was trying to say like X band if X band were Christian. What's X band? No, like I was trying to like like fill in the blank band. Oh, but I can't yeah, come up I'm with trying it. to think like like if um this is gonna be a weird ride, but like if the Counting Crows like were a little uh were like stoned but not crazy and were seeing about how much <laughs> they love Jesus and walking on the beach, then you would get jars of clay. I think that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. I, I'm okay. you know we're right there, Sadie. <laughs> We, so, we we share we share one functional brain cell at least, girl, and we pass it back and forth. It's a long mailing time. It gets weird. <laughs> and you live in Arkansas now, and you are from I Arkansas. Do. Yes, um, I yeah, I live in Little Rock now. Um, so you know, it's it's me. Um, and yeah, I grew up in in and around Arkansas. Um, so I've been home here. of the Duggars. Home of the Duggars. Yeah, they're a couple of hours northwest of me. Um, I know at one point someone suggested that uh, we should like mount a posse and go rescue one of the Duggar girls. Um, And I'm just saying like, 
I'm totally down to help with that. What on like a horseback, get some torches, uh, some pitchforks? Uh, I don't know about horseback, but um, maybe in like <laughs> cars. <laughs> All right, y'all, you might hear you might hear a screaming baby for just a second. Okay, no worries. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to take that opportunity to just say this. I figure that we got to say this before too long. Uh, the Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast. We work hard to bring you uh, sometimes one, sometimes two new episodes every week about the dangers of cults, uh, fundamentalism. We talk about Sadie Carpenter's life in the independent fundamental Baptist cult, uh, as well as other people's lives in the IFB cult and various fundamentalist cults. Sorry, I'm getting way off track here. This is not how this usually is. This is uh, exactly how this usually is. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Um, you know, Sadie, what is it? We promote freedom of mind, freedom, freedom of, of th- thought, and freedom of religion. And freedom of... Uh, I don't I don't know what freedom else. Freedom of day drinking during the podcast. Yeah, it's it's a Thursday. Uh it's four in the afternoon. Listen, um, it's after five where I am, so I'm not, you know, one of you people. You no, know, oh. we live in we live in Portland. Like like three PM is five PM here. No one has jobs. Oh well that's <laughs> not I mean like, people I'm who a- have jobs have beer fridges at their jobs. Yes, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I used to work at a startup and there was definitely a lot of beer in the office, which was nice. But um, I mean, I'm a teacher on summer vacation. So like I get a little wild anytime. Oh, you're a teacher. Here's a question. How drunk did you get on like the day, like at the last day of school? Ooh, Um, I did get drunk Um, that like I had god probably six or seven like whiskey beverages and i think i also probably smoked a little weed so like it was a good day that sounds that sounds like about what i would do if i was a teacher <laughs> getting done like, honestly you just kind of like you you like wash your hands of what has been because you just <laughs> there's no going back you know like what has happened has happened and like that little thomas he's headed some dark places you know but not my problem anymore <laughs> honestly yes like yes it's like oh John was a little shit, but he has graduated and i do not care anymore okay and i'm oh. just i'm i had multiple so like it's fine yeah. So it's not just wow. I mean, Sadie. Sadie has no brain cells left with one kid. You have what, like <laughs> eighty to eight hundred? Yeah. yeah wow. but I also, I also of? work like approximately fifteen hour days with the one kid. So. Yeah, no, hey, that's Sadie wins. Um, Sadie wins. I only have them for an hour and a half at a time. So, like, you know, if you can, if you can make it through half of a like showing of Titanic. You can make it through a high school class. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we should we should get into this. <laughs> yes. Um, Sadie. We, yeah, we took the baby break. Well, we're back on track. Mm-hmm. Are so, we willing? so you were raised yeah. in Arkansas, but not like with the Duggars. Particularly. No, I was not raised with the Duggars. Um, I was raised in uh, southwest Arkansas, and they are in kind of the northwest corner. Oh, okay. So, so you live in a county where Josh Duggar is currently not allowed to travel. Um, that's my understanding. Now, I have seen the Duggars okay. in person before because Arkansas is small. Um, and so, like, I've been at a Mexican restaurant and the Duggars were there. And it was just a cluster of people running around and 
children and attendants and an overwhelmed looking like Mexican restaurant staff. Um, I'm trying to imagine working at a restaurant and the Duggars walk in and they're just like, oh, and we need to make sure that before we come to your restaurant, you can't have any alcohol at the restaurant. Oh, um, no. So, Gotti, that's the thing. <laughs> they have a like. Was Jim Bob drinking? Did he have the. Did, I don't the, think did, Jim Bob the was there. Frozen margs? No, I don't think Jim Bob was there. Um, I think Michelle was there. But yeah, they have a full bar. Like, I go there and get like fishbowl margaritas. And so I was like, yeah, it was like a Saturday afternoon day drinking outing with friends. And then there was a like a tour bus in the parking lot. And I was oh like, what God. in the world? And we walked in and I was like, oh, this tracks. Because it's the family, <laughs> but it's also like 10 other rando people that are with them, like cousins and God only knows who all they take with them. Oh, and that person that Sadie went to to camp with, what was that? Oh, yeah, he was probably there. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know the time frame on that. but Oh, you're talking about Caleb Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally that could have been. Could have totally could have been. Yeah. Oh man. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your growing up? Uh, are there any, are any like philosophical stuff that I talk about in my story that you're like, yes, I had that, or like things that were different? Kind of walk us through that story. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's your backstory? What's the Dinah House Fire origin story? <laughs> like, wh- when did you get bitten by the radioactive spider? The radioactive uh, gay drag spider? Like, <laughs> oh well, that the 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 radioactive gay drag spider comes later. But um, <laughs> I mean, it was always lurking. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, like, um, so I grew up, like I said, in the BMAA or the BMA, it doesn't matter. Um, you hear it both ways. And my, so my mom is a preacher's kid and my dad is a missionary's kid. Um, and so I grew up in the kind of household where like, I relate a lot, Sadie, with you talking about like, it's your job to always be there. Like Mm -hmm. you are, you're at church all the time. Um, every time the doors are open and in fact, you know, your parents have keys to the church. Um, and I grew up not really. I need that door code when I was like 12. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, oh, well, I'll just run up to the church and do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I didn't know that that wasn't normal until I was at least junior high, if not high school. Like it didn't occur to me that other people didn't literally have their entire lives revolve around going to church. Um, but yeah, I, um, philosophically, like all of the, the stuff that you guys have talked about in other episodes about uh, sort of Baptist doctrine and um, sort of the, the strictness of you can be more conservative, but not less. Um, I definitely witnessed that growing up where um, it was a big scandal. I remember when um, the woman who taught my Sunday school class in like probably middle school age, um, she she deigned to wear like a pantsuit to church. And it was, <gasps> oh, my. Oh, oh, my, my mother talked about my that. Phones. Yes. And I mean, it was nice. She was very dressy and it was, but it was pants. And oh my God, my mother talked about that for weeks, how like she just couldn't believe where the church was headed. Um, <laughs> I also remember, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just hell in a handbasket because she's not wearing a skirt. And then, you know, I've also just grown up with that that mentality always being around where, like, you're not um, crossing your T's and dotting your I's as far as being, like, 
in line with the way things are supposed to be. And then also, like, growing up, my dad worked for, like, a subsidiary organization within the larger um, church association. So, like, we were part of the machine. So I, I remember going to our, like, national conventions as a kid and watching these, like, old white men getting up and talking about I don't know what for, for days and years and then everyone sort of voting and and it was all kind of a blur because I was like, I don't know what's going on. I just know that this, I go to church here or whatever. I got saved when I was about eight years old and then was baptized into that church uh, within that year. Although I remember not doing it immediately uh, because I was like terrified of like going forward during the altar call at the end of the service and like telling the preacher that I wanted to be baptized. But yeah, as as like an eight or nine year old, I became a member of the church and therefore like someone who could vote in the church, Um, which is, yeah, it's that's weird. And like retrospectively, I didn't have any business having an opinion about like about the like the budget approval, you know. So that's a little bit different. And so our local church, like if you were a baptized member, you could vote in any um, any vote that was happening in like a business meeting. When I was, you know, in those sort of youth group years, I remember um, one of my good friends uh, who's a year or two younger than I am deciding that, well, if we can vote, we can have a say. And so he started sort of rallying the the teens to like object to things that he didn't like in business meetings huh. and like what I, um gosh i honestly i think some of it was like oh we're gonna we're gonna expand the youth outreach program by um having this and that um event and he would get up and he would object and say i don't think that's a good way to use our time and resources i think we should do this <laughs> and you know he's like 14 or 15 maybe um and so i just remember being sort of mortified by that and also thinking that's kind of ballsy <laughs> to get up and tell um you know miss joanne that you're, you don't like the way she plans to spend our communal money um so <laughs> it was it was weird that sounds super weird i can't remember if my church let you vote at 16 or 18 but i know it wasn't that young yeah, like there wasn't an age limit, but there was also a push for like school age kids to be saved and baptized. And I think it was the generally expected thing that we just didn't have anything to say and we would and we wouldn't care. And that was the case until this friend of mine like who is now in law school and it, that tracks um (laughs) until he started like kind of making a fuss and then i'm pretty sure they started creating some like counter programming for the youth to do during business meetings so that we wouldn't be there to be a thorn in their side oh that's manipulative it i mean yeah a lot of this will be that's some disenfranchisement man you gotta get them to pass a law about that man right I mean, yeah. well, I mean, it's he would have introduced the bill, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know how certain people love voter disenfranchisement. Yeah. Girl. <sighs> you are very involved in your church. You are you are a, a teenager uh, and things are going great. Are they going great? Are they, are you happy? Are you sad? How are you feeling? So, yeah, that so that's this is where the um the origin story I guess kind of starts. 
Yeah, by the time that I was in high school, for sure, um, not only did was I very well aware that I was not like all the other kids, but mm. I was also definitely like starting to realize, because puberty will do it to you, that I was attracted to um, people who were not girls. And so I, I started realizing, oh, this is not what I'm supposed to be thinking. This is not how I'm supposed to be feeling. So um, I'm going to pray really hard about it. And I'm going to um, just try to be as close to Jesus as I can. And I'm going to um, do what I can to just like find God's will. And I know that once I am, you know, living right and I am like living for the Lord, then, you know, he will change the desires of my heart. Oh, and- good Lord. <laughs> Oh, Sadie knows where this is going. He'll, he'll, he will change the desires of my heart because if I'm seeking after him, then everything will work out. And I won't have this um, same-sex attraction struggle anymore. Um, and, you know, it may not come as a shock, but that didn't really work out. Um, Damn. But it was, it was rough. Like, shit was rough for a while. Um, and then my parents, um, eventually, cause I was doing like the whole, like, you know, I was doing my daily devotions, my quiet time every day. And then I was even like amping it up. So I would do like devotions in the morning. And then later on in the day, if I was feeling depressed or, um, anxious or whatever, like I would like journal, like I would write in like a prayer journal. And so I was writing about all these things that I'm experiencing as a teen and, you know, teen guys are kind of gross anyway when you when it gets down to it. Like, oh, just very true. Sticky and and disgusting. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? It's just the reality. Like, it's nothing to be shocked about. It. It just is. Have you seen um, bridesmaids? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Like you know that they blanket in half. Yeah, they crack a blanket. Oh. In half. <laughs> like when she said that in bridesmaids i felt it in my soul because i was like i didn't have like a blanket but yeah that's true like teen boys are gross and we don't understand anything at least i didn't understand anything that was happening with my body no you karate chop your sheets it's like you're trying to like you know you know how you do with the ice cube tray you go (laughs) (laughs) or like you have to origami it into the washing machine uh, just super gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, in the midst of ruining linens forever, <laughs> I'm traumatized. Are you um, traumatized, Sadie? I've never been a teenage boy. I don't know about these things. I'm just Sadie. I feel like this is actually my ministry is preparing like young parents for how terrible it's going to get. So if you in the yeah. future have a son um just know like there's gonna be some years where you want to knock first like it's not a cute situation well but like even if you knock like things (laughs) are gonna be weird for a while he's gonna smell bad too he's gonna uh He's going to have no sense of style until he figures out like a really weird sense of style uh-huh. that's, that's really specific and it's not going to be good. And you're going to want to tell him, look, you, you look like a fucking idiot wearing that. 
And he'll hate you for saying it, even though you're right. Yeah. And then you'll like be like, okay, fine. Let me take these pictures of you and then I'll show them to you when you're older. Uh, okay. Sorry. Back to Dinah's story. Okay. So, um, so the point of all of that, uh, by the time I was like in high school, I was struggling with the same sex attraction and I've got giant scare quotes around that. Um, my parents found and read my prayer journal. Um, and so I did not, at that time, I did not come out to my parents because I was struggling with it. So it's not something that is my personality or, or who I am, but they became aware that that was a thing. Um, and I had conversations specifically with my dad. Um, and basically he said, um, and I, I'm, I'm a thousand percent sure this was a like, pre-discussed and rehearsed conversation but he said you know we read your, your journal um we understand that this is something that you're you're struggling with um you know we love you but just know that if this is what you decide to do you'll never be happy because you will be living outside of god's will and he won't bless you if you decide to be gay and then he also told me that i would probably get hiv and die so um, oh, oh, that's a mm. yeah. Okay. Um, so that was an unpleasant sort of awakening of my parents are aware of what's going on, but we kind of also never talked about it again. So what and, you like just come home from school or something? You're like, hi, mom and dad, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're like, we read your prayer journal. Yeah, we know it's in it. Oh, and you're I mean, like, that's oh, like a, that's like an extra layer of fucked up though. Like reading somebody's journal is bad. But I feel like reading somebody's prayer journal is worse. Because, like, if you get a yeah, bad report card, like- if you you know the bad report card is coming and you got, like, you, you've you been, like, figuring out a way to, like, finagle around that. Be like, no, it was just this one test and there was one assignment that I didn't get in and it didn't get counted on the online thing until the... You know what I'm saying? If it's a bad report card, you know that's coming. But if it's, like... Yeah. Oh, they read your prayer journal. They figured out you're gay. Like, yeah, uh, it was definitely bad. And I, I will say, by this point, like, I was definitely dealing with a lot of depression, probably, you know, brought on by this, like, overwhelming guilt that I felt internally. And then, yeah, to have someone be, well, and not just someone, but, you know, my dad, who I was close to, be like, we know this is a thing. We're not going to disown you, but just know that this is not okay. Um, which was essentially what I was told. So that sucked. But I redoubled my efforts to like figure out how to draw close to Jesus and uh, become the straight person that I was supposed to be, which was super fun. Um, then I, you know, I went off to college. Um, I went to school a couple hours away from where I grew up, dated a um, a young lady for a couple of years on and off, tried to make that work. It didn't. I think the spoiler there is that it was never going to work. And I, you know, Mm. at this point in my life, I, you know, I do have like a strong connection with her and we're still, we're friendly from a distance at this point, but I feel badly that like I put her through that because of my own shit that I just wasn't dealing with. Uh, But I also wasn't at a place where I thought I could deal with it. Um, and I thought, you know, if I just keep trying, it's all going to be okay. Right. It's like this this culture that didn't accept the person who you were meant to be all along put you in a position where now you feel guilty that you may have harmed or inconvenienced or hurt somebody else. Yeah. And and how do you like how do you, you assess out blame for that? Because 
you know, well, of course, of course you feel guilty because any normal person with a heart would feel guilty, but also you would never been put, you shouldn't have ever been put in that position. And I think that's why right. a lot of us just like deal with lingering guilt, mm-hmm. even over relatively small things like that. That was like, For sure. you know, I just, yeah. I just don't know if I hurt somebody. And if I did hurt somebody, I don't know if it's my fault. <laughs> yes. I really identify with that. And and, you know, it's one of those things where if my entire, like, upbringing has been to be the best version of my little Baptist self that I can, and then in so doing, I'm trying to, you know, find a good Christian wife, and I'm thinking maybe I should be a preacher, and like, you know, you're plunging yourself deeper and deeper into that world in order to escape reality yeah because reality is like you have been told that your reality is not acceptable so you Mm -hmm. kind of like dissociate as a self-preservation skill into like no i can make this work i can be something else yeah exactly all that being said um during my junior year of college the bmaa began advertising an opportunity for college students to be undercover missionaries in china (laughs) Um, which like it felt very like James Bondy. Uh, that's very illegal. Uh, in China, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. So if for those who are unfamiliar, China as a country is officially non-religious. Uh, so if you are a member of a religious group, you may be persecuted. You may be taken to a re-education camp. You may be victim of other atrocities. And if you're actively going out and converting people to a religion and trying to be a missionary to other people, that is very illegal and it is a very bad idea. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I will add, so China is officially non-religious under the Communist Party of China. They are officially an atheist state. Um, There is religion in China, and I don't think we really want to get into the ins and outs of that, but religion exists in China, and there are sanctioned ways to be a religious person there. Um, What I was doing was not one of them. And so anyway, I applied to this thing. I got, I did the interview process. I got accepted, and I ended up moving to China for a year as a student yeah how was that how was it living in china it was intense um i did not speak mandarin at the time and uh so i was in school essentially as like a an exchange student but not from an exchange program with a school in the states so i just i took a year off of the program i was in uh, at my university and i moved to beijing to be a student at their intensive mandarin program in in a university there and so I did that and like I had taken a semester of Mandarin at my university back here in the states um, which means that I knew how to count to 10 and like say I'm American like it was I did not learn anything so living there and not speaking the language and being a full-time student but also being an undercover missionary I was there with a group of I think six of us who were missionaries. Um, and one of those missionaries brought his young family with him. So there were, I think, 10 of us total Americans who like vaguely knew each other when we left did the States. anybody speak Chinese? No, 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 no. They really did not think this through. I, 
I like I cannot <laughs> fathom how like how do they think that this is going to work? That they're just going to like what fucking send people over there? Yeah, bring them to Jesus. Do you speak the language? No. So the idea was that so there was a woman who who was our sort of program leader that went with us, and she had been a missionary in another country in Asia uh, for decades. And she had moved to China like a year or two earlier to be an English teacher there to do the same thing, essentially. And so she had sort of thought through some of the logistics of it as far as like this, this is the design of this program. But she also did not speak Mandarin. Was her last name, her last name wasn't was it? Not Caleb. Her name was, her last name was That just sounded a lot like the lady who ran, ran the First Baptist of Hammond missionary group in China. Uh, I would not be surprised if there were similar things going on across yeah. the board. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, we, um, we moved there, struggled. Um, I, I spoke the most Mandarin of anyone because I had had a semester of like introductory uh, Mandarin. And then uh, it was immersion and we were, we were doing all that uh, all classes all day long. And then we were also, um, we were meeting with one another um, regularly. And the idea was that then we would also within our universities find like conversation partners so that Chinese locals could speak English with us and we could work on our Chinese with them. And so that was the hook so that we could meet local Mm -hmm. students and like be witnesses to them and and try to convert them. And then the, Uh, the... (laughs) that is, that is very predatory. That is, is, this is, um, very familiar to me. That is an unbelievable. This this is an unbelievable story. So they send people on purpose who don't speak the language, so that they can convert the people who are going to teach them. To yeah, wow. Tommy, you remember me telling you about Genius. the whole the whole story about talk to the other cool teens about the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, mm. this is literally just the extension of that. Like this yeah. is this is the <laughs> same practice, just like in another country, and much more. F- dangerous this is the same thing and like you get out and you don't know how to have a friendship that's not goal oriented right it's it's really messed up wow it is messed up and like (laughs) years and years later as i'm i'm on the outside of it it, i look at it and i go jesus that is horrible um at the time it was all rationalized to us as well, you are, you're there to help them. You're there to save their souls. You're going to, you know, be doing the Lord's work and it's good for them. And if you're able to do this, then, you know, you know, jewels in your crown in heaven. Kind it of is it. 1000% the definition of white saviorism. Uh-huh. Like oh, in yeah. a more literal sense than you could ever imagine. Like horrifyingly so. But you, like, you were there out of a good heart. Like you were there because you genuinely thought you were doing the best and kindest thing you could possibly do for those people. Yeah. And, and then you like grow up and learn better. And it's so, I don't know about you, but for mortifying. me, it was like so disturbing. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was there and like literally you would think that I was going to be martyred for this. Like it was that sort of level of dramatics, but also just yeah. like, 
I can't believe you are laying down your life to go to China and you're probably going to be, you know, thrown into prison and killed and, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. So like you develop this weird outsized ego about what you're doing when really you're kind of a shysty salesperson going to another country with no real business to be there. (laughs) Like it's not great. Um, yeah, and then there's like, there's like the ego death of that when you get out. Uh huh. And it just it sucks. You described yeah, that really it does well. Suck. <laughs> so well, so you were in China for about a year. Yes. Um. And while I was there, I was living with um one other guy who was in my group. Um. And we became very close. Uh, we were also living with a, another American. The three of us were sharing an apartment. Um, This other American guy was not um, part of our group. Um, We were not allowed to disclose that we were, uh, like, how we knew each other, like, as far as that we were in this group. And we weren't allowed to talk about that or mention the name of the, uh, the BMAA at all. So we were living with this other guy. He was from California, I think. And he was also Christian, but he was not on a mission trip to China. Um, anyway, the, the guy that I was living with, um, who was in my group, he has some physical, um, disabilities and he like, honestly just needed some help with day-to-day stuff. And so it worked out for me to be, for us to be living together. Um, and I would help him with a lot of the day-to-day things that he struggled with. And it became kind of my internal rationalization for being there because, I'll be honest with you, I was not a very successful missionary. No, I can't imagine you would be. I did not convert anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I I decided that my role was then to support him, who I saw as someone who was going to be more successful. He was a little preacher boy from Texas. And so I saw my role as, okay, I'm going to... Um, let him, you know, I'm going to let him ride on the back of my bicycle wherever he needs to go. And I'm going to cook and I'm going to make sure that our house looks nice and, you know, blah, 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 to get, to make sure that he didn't have to worry about anything that he could just, you know, focus on saving the souls of the Chinese people. Not a healthy way to live your life. Uh, it's very codependent, but you know, there was a lot going on. So, Ultimately, um, he and I, like, I I became very codependent um, within that relationship. And internally, it crossed the line into an attraction. And eventually, he and I, for lack of a better term, hooked up. Which, if you're playing along at home, <laughs> you cannot do in this situation for about 17 different reasons. Mm. Um, so that was bad. And then... We, you know, ended the, finished the year, went home to our respective places in the States. Um, and then we all had to come back together because as an organization that has just put thousands and thousands of dollars into the team of six of us, we had to then like go and have a debrief with the like old white men who are in charge and tell them, you know, how things went and what happened and all that kind of good stuff before we then would um, each of us, you know, share our testimony of having been missionaries at the national like youth conference that they do every year in July. Right. Um, Cause they want to return on their Jesus investment. Exactly. Yeah. So they're not like, so you get there and you're like, 
are, what are you going to say? Are you going to be like, this did not work at all. This was a terrible <laughs> plan. Whoever came up with this plan is a fucking idiot. Like this, this is not, this is not a good idea. This is not an effective use of your resources. <laughs> so you would think that, um, but the reality is that I, I didn't have a vantage point that allowed me to even think that I just thought that I was a failure. I didn't understand that the system was a failure and that it was a bad idea to begin with. I just thought that I did a bad job and that it was really hard. And I, and I failed. I Um, felt that I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I, that made me tear up. I really get that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You also (laughs) had to feel that way. Well, you know, it's almost like, the you know the the concept of like your I think you guys have talked about it but like sending people out that it's designed to fail to like force you back into the group stronger it was like that but on this ridiculous scale and I don't the the thing with that concept is that it's not a conscious thing that anyone is doing at least in any level that i've ever encountered it's not consciously done that you're sending missionaries out to fail so that they'll be better preachers or youth pastors or whatever when they come home and they'll have a cool story they really think you're gonna convert china mm-hmm. and you're just fucking not going to. <laughs> no that's not gonna work it's well, not gonna work been- We've all been fed those stories, right? About yes. like David Livingston and Nate Saint mm. and yes. what's his f-ing face in Burma, uh, mm. and like all those people. You know the guy in Burma. You know somebody out there knows his name. Isn't um, it Myanmar now? Yeah, it was Burma at the time mm. um, of this famous fundy book that was written. But we've all been like force fed these stories our whole lives about how like one person converted a whole country, and then we've all been force fed the idea of like, well, you could be the next one. Mm-hmm. What about that guy that went to South America and got eaten by cannibals? Uh, you're talking about wait, yeah, uh, that's not Nate Saint. Nate Saint got killed by cannibals, but did yeah, not he's talking about it. Nate Saint. That's that's okay. who you're it. thinking of. Yeah, they made a movie about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Three Gates of Splendor. That's who you're talking about. Yes, it had that the guy, guy from Doctor Quinn on, in it. But so ironically that you bring that up, the family that was with us, they named one of their kids. Nate after Oh him. no. Oh yeah. Oh Boy, honey. No. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. I really don't like that. Not ideal. He was a <laughs> he was six or eight months old when we got to China. Oh, I can't imagine. Oh, um man. they still live there, by the way. Um, so I'm not gonna mention any names, obviously, but yeah, they just lived there. That family stayed after when everyone else like moved back to the States, they stayed and they're still there. Um, doing what they think is right. Got back to the States, met with these old white men, and um, I had to explain to them that our relationship, um, the guy I was living with and mine, got murky. And that was the word that I used. And mm-hmm. um, they said, murky? What does murky mean? And I was like, um, I'd rather not be specific. Um, and, but they, they're not dumb. So they picked up what I was putting down and they said, well, we think that your best option would be to not talk to each other again. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that made that easy. (laughs) Yeah. It's really easy. Like imagine being in a relationship with someone for a year and then you just aren't allowed to talk about them or think about them or talk to them at all ever again. Now, obviously this wasn't like a, 
mutually beneficial, healthy relationship. But um, that's how it felt was like, just cut it off. It's over. Go about your life. So there was like me like dramatically crying in the bathroom of this hotel lobby. Um, and then, you know, putting myself back together and, and going on with my life. And that's just what I did. Um, so they decided the, um, this gaggle of old men decided that my best option would be for them to find Christian counselors, um, local to where I am and to set me up to work with those Christian counselors and so that they could help me, you know, be more mentally healthy, but also like get me back on track with, um, being a good Baptist kid. So they set me up with this husband and wife pair um, who are relatively local to where I am. And I started meeting with them. I met with them over the phone a couple of times. And and then I started meeting with them in person. Um, I think I was going on like a weekly basis for... I just want to say in the fundamentalist world, if you get set up with a husband-wife team of counselors, Mm -hmm. oh boy. Is that That like... like the it's very bad. that's very very serious business i'm a bit confused so why so what does it what 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 is there behind this so basically like the perception i, I want to hear what dinah has to say but i would say it's because they perceive like whatever sin you're doing to be so serious that if there was just one of them there and they didn't have accountability there that you could probably drag them into your sin with you yeah, I, I think so there basically is. Is that the vibe or it, is there like another part of that that I'm missing? Well, I think it's that is definitely, I think, a part of it. Although, like, realistically, come on. But, uh, you know, these middle aged, crazy looking people. But, um, <laughs> they're but like, yes. no, you know what they're like? They're like, oh man, picked up the gay demon. Right. Yes. You picked yes. up the gay demon. We better not uh, let this husband in here alone with you. <laughs> <laughs> better make sure his wife was, is there too <laughs> this was before the um the concept of the gay demon was on the table <laughs> doesn't matter that this dude is like is 78 years old and like his eyebrows right. are like you know hold on hold on hold on i, I i'm hearing about gay demon okay I feel like so, we need to get to- we okay because this is something that we we saw brought up in the facebook group so yes. you posted in our facebook group that that you were given an exorcism for having a gay demon. Yes. And we immediately ice each other like, hey. Uh. <laughs> so I will I will start with I don't know if the demon itself is gay or if a byproduct of contact with the demon is gayness. So, so it wasn't like you had little Nas X up inside you. <laughs> Um, I'm going to leave that alone, Gobi, because I, that could be um, you see how potentially he gets detrimental. You? you see how he gets you, though? Now, no, now you're not going to make fun of me for missing jokes anymore. Well, no, I mean, listen, Lil Nas X could get it, but this was not him. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I... Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You see what I deal with? I just didn't see Lil Nas X coming up tonight. And, like, that's that's great. We're talking about but gay listen, that's demons. that's on you. You're right, Gabby. I'm We're just talking not about gay demons. My... 
did you not think that we were going to talk about Lil Nas X? You know, I haven't reframed my like life trauma since Montero <laughs> Call Me By Your Name came out, but like now great I'm probably song. going to. It is a great, it's a it's a banger. I'm I'm into it. Um I have a friend who wrote like a, a master's level paper about it, and the paper's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm just nice. saying it's really that good. is timely. Good for your friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so what had happened or, was... Or an older person reference would be uh, uh, Satan in the South Park movie. Yeah, yeah. That that would be a me, like, junior high level reference there. Yeah. I think junior high, maybe early high school. Yeah. Um, Wait, you saw that movie when you were, in, when you were like, when it came out? No, actually, good, good call. So, no, I did not see that movie when I was that young. Uh, that's when it came out. I remember, though, it being extraordinarily scandalized because we were at this <laughs> uh, pearls fully clutched, Gavi. Get ready. Um, <laughs> we were at the National Youth Conference that they do every year, and I think it was in Dallas or San Antonio or somewhere. And, you know, there's free time during those, the days during those things. So they had taken us all to the mall, wherever we were, and some of the guys from our youth group went and watched South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, in the movie theater in the mall, because they had enough time. And I mean, I thought they were going straight to hell. It didn't matter if they had been baptized and saved. Like, it was scandalous. And I will say, I'm not a narc, so, like, they got away with it. But it was such a, like, you can't do that. And I felt like... Um, the the couple of guys who were sort of heading it up were like the the bad news guys in the youth group. So, just like how no, we didn't rat on anybody for eating the weed brownies on choir tour in junior uh, year of high school right. when we went to Six Flags. That's right. Uh, snitches get stitches. Like I'm not here for that. No, but I'm telling you that now in confidence that these guys who were 15 went and saw the South Park movie while we were on a Baptist trip. And, oh, just, it was a lot. I did, though, I will confess my own um, youth conference uh, away from home uh, sin that I bought the soundtrack to Hair, the musical, at, like, um, like an FYE or a Sam Goody or something back when those existed. FYE. Oh, man. That is a throwback. (laughs) FYE. For your entertainment is what that stood for. Yeah. Um, and I bought that soundtrack to Hair, which is chock-a-block full of hippies with drugs and sex things. And uh, I had to hide it in my luggage and get it home. Oh. Um, I read um, – okay, speaking of sins on youth group trips, I once read The Princess Bride, the novel version, which is considerably – dirtier than the film turns I've out the novel version the novel version is um very interesting i was like 15 i learned some things from that book oh <laughs> well i had the did you have you read the the prologue like the um the um the only thing that i remember about it was when they were talking about like ranking the top like 50 most beautiful women in the world and they're like by this time she had become the number 28 most beautiful woman in the world. And then no, I, that was, that was my youth group trip sin, but my, but my sin didn't get me infested with demons. Right. Yeah. We need to right. get back to, we All need right. to get yeah. back to these, right. these gay demons, the gay demons. So the, so these life 
coaches. Um, basically, he is an MD. Um, I think he specializes in like genetics or something. Um, and then she is an RN. Um, and I think she had taken like life coaching classes somewhere or on the internet or something. Um, and so they worked together, but because he's an MD, he was allowed to write prescriptions. Um, and so it was a whole thing, but they had set up their little business of being Christian counselors. And so I started seeing them. They decided after several months to have me read the book, This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. And that book is a fictional, like it's a Christian fiction book um, about demons and how there is an ongoing war between um, demons and angels and like good Christian people and that demons are constantly trying to attack humans to like take over their lives and and take over their souls. Um, And it's, it's actually not a bad read. Um, but they assigned that to me as sort of homework. And then after I had read it, we talked about it and they were like, we, they said, we think that, you know, obviously this is a, a fictionalized story. Um, and in the story, this young woman, um, starts dabbling in astral projection and that allows a demon into her soul and like leads her down the dark path of being demon infested. They said, well, we would like to pray over you and anoint you with oil and therefore get this demon that I think they called it a demonic attachment. So I wasn't um, possessed by the demon, but there was a demon attached to me. Now what the difference is, I don't actually know. Um, I think it sounds highly dubious to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're possessed, then the demon is the only one making choices. And if you just have an attachment, it's like um, a backpack or something that really slows you down when you're running um so anyway um instead of saying hey you've got clinical depression they said let's give you an exorcism um uh, so. and these are trained medical professionals that's these what's scary is these people this is have a, licenses and like yeah. board memberships and stuff this person graduated I assume either from a medical school or I guess he was a doctor. He wasn't osteopath because Hollywood upstairs medical college. So this is like, you know, the exorcist where like they, they take the daughter to the doctor and the doctors are like, you know, she might be possessed by a demon. We should, you should check that out. Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's essentially the thing here. Um, I will say that they were very nice people. But massively misguided. I want to know what medical school this guy went to, though. I told you, Hollywood Upstairs Medical College. (laughs) I would assume that it was one here in Arkansas. There's there's a pretty substantial medical school uh, here where I live. So I would assume he probably went there, but I really don't know. Um, But anyway, so they, they proposed that they would do this thing for me. And they said, um, we want you to think about where you would want to put your demon so that, or they may, I don't think they use the term demon, but I like your spirit or whatever, where, where do you want to put your spirit so that it can't harm anyone else and that it can't harm you again? Cause when you cast it out, you have to cast it into somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you've got the whole Jesus casting out the demons into the swine into the or themselves pigs. into the water. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Because if you don't do that, it'll bring seven more buddies back with it. Yes. and I would love and to see so- Gobby's face right now. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm absolutely confused. <laughs> I I do not know about any of this stuff. This is so... oh, this is some good New Testament ish right here, Gavi. Like, yeah, yeah. If you have a demon, you got to cast it out. But if you cast it out, you got to cast it into an object, preferably a living object, preferably an animal. Because if you don't cast it into something, it'll get right back in up your nose. And then if you cast it out but you do it wrong, the next day the demon will come back and bring seven more demons, so you're extra possessed. <laughs> That is saying it out loud sounds ridiculous. It does feel sillier when you say it all out loud like that. But that's like exactly the teaching. (laughs) But am I wrong? That's like the exact teaching. Yeah, I was uh, look. No, I was slightly late to um to to getting to this interview because I was in the middle of a Harry Potter marathon, and the Harry Potter marathon stuff sounds more reasonable than this logical yeah yeah for sure and no that that universe has rules and stuff that's like (laughs) continuity oh honey there are rules in this universe (laughs) (laughs) they're just weird they're real weird object or animal or i don't know neighbor (laughs) did you choose to have your your demon cast into yeah, that's the thing. Can you choose to have your demon cast into like a person? Be like, who do you want your? What do you want your demon cast to? I want it cast into you, mother. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there are some ethics behind um, <laughs> demon removal, um, and and since this was you know in the twenty first century, I don't think they want to cast it into anything animate. So like. It was not an animal, and it was not not a person. Although that would be a <laughs> sick power. You can't cast it into like a dog and then keep the dog as a pet. Do you want a demon possessed dog? That sounds awful. I mean, people choose to own chihuahuas. I mean, I have an a- cat, and I'm pretty sure he's not demon possessed. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, we've I've got dogs, and I don't need them having any. Backpacks on, like telling them to be worse. Uh, so, so where did we so, put this? So, when I had been living in China, I had bought some rings from local artisans there, and I had bought rings for myself and my roommate um, that were like little silver bands. Um, totally and normal had, straight guy rings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. It was super healthy. Uh, so I had bought us matching rings. You know, Sadie, as I say that out loud, it does get weirder. <laughs> you know this how is... you know, Gobby, how you buy your straight male friends rings. I mean, this that could be like a, if you're like in a gang together, <laughs> rings that you like slap people with. Like if you're if you're like Mm, yeah, you got to keep the pimp hand strong. Um, yeah, like you yeah. know, if you're if you have like a team of gangsters and like all of you guys have the same move. Or you know if you have if you're like a, a like a martial arts crew and this is like part of your move you know like part of your style is having rings on and slapping. Thank you for normalizing matching rings. You know what? If one I'm of my friends that. was like, "My guy, we're 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 homies. We need to have matching rings." I would be like, "You want to have matching rings with me, dude? I feel great." Like if we were that close, if we were that tight, I would be like, "I will See? wear this f- matching ring with you, my friend, any day of the yeah. week. I will okay. never take that shit off except when I shower." Okay, Gavi. Yes, I appreciate that. So in my mind, we're just like BFF, and we've got matching rings. You, and... you walk down the street, you're feeling like you're like we squatted up, like yeah. that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, 
Well, exactly. I mean, clearly that wasn't what was going on. But anyway, I had gotten us matching rings and they had like a, a really cool, um, very sort of like rustic looking hand done carving of a dragon in them. Oh, um, that sounds f***ing sick, dude. I want a, I want a dragon ring. Well, I mean, you don't want this one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I bought it because also one of the characters in my Chinese name translates to dragon right so like oh. it was very meaningful right okay That's okay on etsy right now um yeah <laughs> i need i okay i'm just like okay where where do i get a chinese name i have i have a hebrew name i have a government name i need i need a chinese name now this is that it can't especially if it's something with like you dragon know, I could in it give you an american sign language name but apparently you like dino more than me Okay, well, you can give me... What's my American Sign Language name going to be? Oh, here, let me just show it to you over our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Where we're not in the same room. No, so the way that I got my Chinese name was kind of lame. And it was just like more or less a transliteration of my... Not the name I go by, but like my legal name. Um, Because for anyone who does not go by their legal name first day of school, like is always a nightmare. Well, imagine that you also can't even tell the teacher that's not the name I go by. Um, So the name that I actually go by also like can't really be transliterated because some of the like sounds don't really exist. Uh, But my, my legal name, they did a transliteration. And so I've got a name, but it includes the character for dragon, which is long. And so um, that became really important to me. Yeah, Gavi, they would probably you would probably get a transliteration and it would be like Hagwa or something, like because there's no V sound, it'd be a whole thing. Um so I decided that this dragon best friends wonder twins ring would be where I cast my demon because it was very symbolic of my time in China. It was also very symbolic of this very unhealthy relationship that I'd been in with this person. And so like, it was the perfect thing. Um, So I brought it. I did not take it with me because they sprang the exorcism on me like a session earlier than I expected. Um, So like, I guess. Well, yeah, no, you have to, you have to, you have to get the jump on the demon. Cause if the demon like thinks he's like, Oh, okay. I got a week left. And then you're like, Nope. You're going today. Right. Well, what I didn't know when I was going into this, well, uh, I mean, that I was going to have an exorcism, but um, <laughs> I knew that they were wanted to, like, do a ritual. Um, I didn't know it was going to be that that day. Um, I also didn't know what to expect. Like, how does one respond to having a ritual performed on you? Um, I will say my experience was not as, like, split pea soup head spinning dramatic as anything I've ever seen in movies um, or anything like that. Um, There really physically, physically nothing happened um, other than I'm sure my blood pressure was through the roof because it was insanity, but they, I was in their little like office space on a comfy chair and um, they got up and it was, it was the both of them. And the the man took a like a very ornate little container out of his desk, and it had oil in it that had I guess been blessed or something. Um, and then they prayed 
like put their hands on my shoulders and I think a hand on my head and they prayed that, you know, I would be released from the, the influence of this unholy spirit and that I would return to living in the light of God. And I mean, it was, it was a long, it was probably a five minute prayer, which is long for prayers, but not that long for exorcisms, I suppose. Demon removal. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, it seems like it should take longer. Um, I mean, you could do that in the drive-thru. What did they yell like, get out or go or like, was there any like casting out? No. So that was what was interesting and what I didn't expect. So in my, or like, I guess I thought it would be more of that. Um, They, I think they did in like a calm, firm voice, address this entity um, and tell it that, you know, I was a child of God and that um, it was banished from, you know, my existence or, you know, being attached to me or whatever, but there wasn't really any shouting. Um, and honestly sitting there, nothing happened. Like I felt very like nervous and I think I, you know, got like the palm sweats, but, um, nothing really happened. And they said, um, so pay attention over the next few days and, um, you'll probably like feel a shift or a change. Now, I had also been having, I think largely as a result of anxiety and stuff, uh, but also as a result of having read this present darkness, I was having sleep paralysis. Um, oh. And so I would wake up, but I couldn't move, and which is terrifying. And it very much does feel like there is something like sitting on your chest or like holding you down because your body won't move, even though oh. you're, you're fully conscious. Like, Zero stars. Don't recommend. I have had it one time in my entire life, and it was completely terrifying. Yes. It's it's bad. So, like, that was also going on. But like I said, I think it was sort of prompted by a lot of these things that had been planted into my head leading up to this experience. So um, I went home, which at this point, home was a dorm room on a state university campus, And I got up in the middle of the night one night, having, like, had a bout of sleep paralysis and was just, like, freaked out. And I went to the bathroom thinking that I was going to be sick. And I stayed there and I was just like, whatever's happening, just get get it the f*** over with, you know, kind of a thing. And eventually I calmed down and everything kind of felt like, okay, I'm all right again. I'm fine. So that was, you know, a day or two after I'd had this prayer anointing thing happen. And I told them uh, in our next session, which was probably only a few days later, um, that I had experienced that. And she said, well, did you throw up? And I said, no, I literally hate vomiting. I'm not going to throw up. Like, that's stupid. And she was like, you should have thrown up. That's how it gets out of you. What? And I was like, no, they watched the exorcist and they're like, that's what happened. I, so, well, and they told me about stories about like seeing people have demons exercised in cathedrals in Europe and that people will just like vomit because this demon is leaving them and all these things. And I was just like, um, I'm pretty like anti vomit, so I'm probably not gonna do that. But I think I'm it's it's cool now. 
<laughs> so I mean, I mean, I don't know. Is that why? Is that is the demon still with you? Because oh god, well I don't know. Um, so what ended up happening though, and I apologize, it's a little out of order. But when I got home from the prayer and anointing that had happened, um, and that happened, like so, that was about a, almost an hour drive from where I lived at the time. Um, when I got home, I took that ring out of the drawer. Uh, that I had it in, in my desk. And like, I looked at it and and I felt like this sort of release of like emotion. It was very strange. It was, it wasn't joyful, but it was just like a release of some anxiety when I picked up that ring. Um, And then they had instructed me that I could do different things. I could throw it in a river. I could put it on train tracks and have it be flattened by a train, um, which we don't condone. Um, right. but I needed to make sure that nobody ever put the ring on because if they put the ring on, then they're opening themselves up to the influence of this demonic spirit. So I took like some, um, heavy craft paper and made a little envelope and then stapled it shut with the ring inside. Um, and that is, that ring still lives in a piece of paper somewhere in my possession. Oh my God. If I ever, Okay. I know this is a lot to ask. If I ever meet you, can I please put it on? Oh, yeah, totally. If I can find it, you can, like, totally put my ring on. Um, okay. I, if, if you ever find it, I will find a way to be in your neck of the woods, and we will do a video, <laughs> and I will put the ring on. I mean, I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but this is also 10 or 11 years ago, so it's... Oh, yeah. Don't, like, don't, like beat yourself up looking for it but like if you happen to find it just like <laughs> well, laying you around you want to see my demon ring yeah they, i mean they, i they, was no i want your demon i want to collect your uh, demon. Well, well, well. i was i've been reading a lot of harry potter lately man um i mean the, it's reminding <laughs> me a lot of this of the the resurrection stone ring mm. horcrux situation man it you, is you, horcruxy yeah, it is Horcruxy. I'm into spooky things, but I don't deal well with dead spooky things. So demons are are really, you know, kind of my preferred level of spookiness. You know, so. ironically, um, demons were the things that I found scariest in horror movies at the, in that period of my life. Obviously, um, because I was like, well, those are actually real, whereas like slasher killer Freddy Krueger type things, eh, whatever. Like, not only are the movies cheesy, but, like, they're not real. Um, whereas demons really <laughs> yeah. are real, and they could actually come and get you. No, I, I agree with that. I think I, I think that's one of the things that's healed pretty well, as opposed to certain other parts of my story. Fair enough. So, uh, would y'all like to go take up the offering and come back in a few minutes for a few more questions? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right, let's do that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back. We are still here with Dinah Housefire. Uh, we just heard a story about an exorcism of a demon trapping that demon in a Chinese ring uh, and keeping that ring. You know what? That's why you're you're still you're you're still about that life, man. That's why you're still about that life is because you keep that ring. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's why I'm a drag queen because jewelry has really shaped some pivotal moments in my life. But I didn't um, make that. You made that connection. I did not make that. Oh, okay. Well, then that's mine. Yes. Point to me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm still gay because of jewelry. Well, that's why that's why I want the ring because I want to release Dinah from this. You know, this terrible curse. Oh, please don't. You're gonna oh, get, you're okay. gonna Sadie's gonna like get the ring, put it on, and suddenly you're gonna be like, let's go to a strip club. It, no, it's gonna be like Yitzhak <laughs> in the end of um in the end of what's it called, Hedwig, where like all of a sudden Yitzhak like transforms into the drag queen. Yes. It's gonna be like that. You put the ring on, it's just like That wasn't in the movie. Yes, it was. It was in the last scene. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't remember that. So I was, let's oh, ask hmm? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. Oh, I was gonna say let's ask a let's ask another question. <laughs> okay, because... so how do you go from demon possessed, uh, exercised to now I'm a drag queen? <laughs> well, there, I... there's 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 some in between there. There's, there's yeah, some... it's not a direct route. Um, and like I said, the the exorcism business was over a decade ago. Um. I found my, so when I came back to the States and post exorcism and my life was like less crumbling around me because I was having support from peers and mental health um, was getting better and all that kind of good stuff. I did eventually come out to my parents um, and I had already come out to my uh, friends and I was living my best life to the extent that I could as a college, a broke college kid. Um, And I started dating uh, my first boyfriend, which was its own ball of wax. Still Um, into Jesus or not? um, I, it was, you know, it was complicated. It was very like the Facebook setting of it's complicated with me and Jesus. Mm. Um, I was not willing to throw religion away completely. And so I knew that I couldn't be like a hyper conservative Baptist anymore, but I also knew that I had spent, you know, 20 some odd years of my life in religion and learning about theology and doing my best to be the best Christian that I could. And so it was a struggle because I didn't know where I belonged and I didn't know where I would be accepted. I felt fully ostracized from the BMAA because 
if you've ever been in a group of more than two people, you'll know that rumors and gossip spread extraordinarily quickly. Um, and as someone who was on a pretty like recognizable level at that point, like out of the whole association of, of thousands of members, like I'm one of six people who did this thing. And then of those six people, I'm the one that up and got intimate with someone else in this team and really like threw a wrench in the works. So I knew that I wasn't welcome there anymore. And it's one of those things where I've had that conversation with my mother before, um, not exactly the way I just said it, but I've had that conversation with her and I've said, you know, I don't feel welcome. I don't feel like I'm going to be able to like thrive in that, that setting. And no, no one ever had to tell me but I've seen it happen to others in the past. So there's really no need for me to stick around and see it happen to myself as well. Um, that, that, that um, being ostracized would happen. So um, I ended up, I graduated from college and then I moved in with some friends who were also kind of leaving their Baptist upbringings. Um, I think they were both um, Southern Baptist uh, from the cradle and they became uh, the one of the friends I lived with became an Episcopal priest several years later. But he was on the journey of becoming an Episcopalian and going through the process of formally uh, becoming part of that church. So I kind of went with them on that journey for a while and um, started going to an Episcopal church um, in the town where I lived and loved it. And it was great. And it was so different, but it was still about Jesus. And like, I was really into it. Um, and then I eventually moved to uh, where I live now and, and new, new city, all that kind of stuff. Started a new career and in so doing, met a bunch of new people. And when I started my new career, I was never in the closet. There, like, I just was me. And nonchalantly, I was a, a male-bodied person who was also dating a man. And that's just part of who I was. And I was fortunate enough to uh, work for a company that was very, like, open and embracing of diversity. Because being gay in Arkansas, not like advisable if you can help it it's not portland yeah so so i i kind of just started a new chapter when i moved um and was able to live as myself for the first time really um and i still was going to church you know sporadically but i was still trying to engage with religion because like i said it's part of who i was raised to be it's part of who i am at, like when I started my new career, I met a bunch of new people. Obviously, one of them ended up becoming um, my best friend, and uh, he is a trans guy. Um, and he, at the time, had been performing in drag king shows. Um, and so, at the time, it, this was before he transitioned, um, but he was performing. At the time, he was uh, presenting as a lesbian and performing as a male uh, performer, so drag king, um, which are lesser known, I feel like, than queens, but they definitely are out there. And so, and one of my favorite me, drag performers is a drag king, just saying. 
Oh, there are some fabulous drag kings. Um, that... Oh my God, Javier. Oh, he's us. I have a friend in Portland who does a drag king boy band. Oh, do you know Javier? Because that's who no. I know that's in a drag king boy band. What's the name? Hold on. What's the name of the drag king boy band? I have to look it up, but I'll let you know. Is it? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> There are two drag queen boy bands in Portland, apparently, which I have oh just God, now awesome. learned. That's oh, I funny. love it. No, so, um, <laughs> I'm very into the idea that you guys know overlapping genre drag kings and they're not the same person. Um, yeah. Well, if so, you have a boy band of drag kings, then there's got to be more than one of them. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what would Backstreet be without NSYNC? Right. There has to be like a rivalry yeah. to make it work. Uh, I'm very into that. So um, I met him and he invited me to go with him to to compete in like a bar level pageant in a town that's not super far from where we live because he was still very new at drag and I had taken stage makeup classes in college. And so he knew that and I was like, I mean, I've done gender reversal makeup for theater, so, like, I know how it's supposed to work. And he took me, and we uh, we bonded over that, and I got very involved in the drag king community. Um, and I always joke that Dinah was raised by drag kings and wolves, uh, because <laughs> I, like, found my way into drag, like, in the most sideways door possible but i started um building all of like his costumes and and doing all of his like rhinestoning and and everything like that and making props and um got very into the community and then a few years later i had been thinking about like i wanted to do drag i like had a lot of conflicting feelings i still felt like weird about it because of my upbringing um, and also my, uh, the, the boyfriend who I'd been with, you know, at the end of college and, and after that, um, he had always kind of been like, please don't do drag. I'm not into it. Like that does not sound like, like I, I don't find that attractive, whatever. Um, and so I didn't do anything, but then he and I broke up and sometime later I was talking to a different friend and I was like, you know, I really want to do drag, but I think. You know, I don't want to take away from what is going on with my drag king best friend. And she said, well, I mean, he's kind of been doing this for several years. It's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. You can do yours and still support him. And I, was, and I thought, well, that's true. I can. And so I gave myself um, about a six-month lead up. Then I said, in six months, I'm going to start drag. And so I started getting myself together and getting costumes together and learning how to do makeup and learning how to, you know, put pads on where they need to go and um, getting wigs and all those kinds of things. And so this was probably um, four or so years after um, I had had that exorcism and moved and, and changed careers and all of those things um, that I went to my first event in drag it was a queer prom um and i went and just had a blast didn't know what the hell i was doing thankfully i was not performing um, were you because... as dinah housefire was yes it, was, was. dinah housefire the original persona so yes and no um i will say one weird thing that i did in college uh, not in college in high school that my parents were not thrilled about 
was I was like a super theater nerd. Um, and we did a theater department or like booster club or something fundraiser that was a turnaround pageant. And so I entered that and won uh, when I was in high school. And as I said, parents not thrilled, but um, my name in that first foray um, was um, Audrey Hartburn. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's not bad, right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, and then, yes, your I, parents were. So your parents, this you, you entered that in one after your parents had already read your. <laughs> Yeah. and they're like oh no yeah i mean yeah. yeah i remember my dad being like not thrilled not like angry about it but just like okay here we go yeah. um so dinah house fire yes i started drag as an adult audrey, and, hartburn. <laughs> audrey hartburn you're gonna be thinking about that like tomorrow um and just going oh that's good <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I started out in drag. Actually, I was, my initial plan was to be Dinah Fire. Um, and then I tried to register on Facebook as Dinah Fire and Facebook said, that's not a name. And I said, well, f*** you Facebook. And I said, how about Dinah House Fire? <laughs> um, and that apparently is a name. So, um, if I, you hyphenate it, then it's, um, <laughs> right. They're so stupid. Yeah. Um, so Dinah Fire though was something when my first boyfriend who had been really anti me doing drag, when we would like playfully argue, he would like get frustrated and he would just be like, dying of fire. And with like a weird oh, Southern twang. And I was like, Oh, well I'm just going to take, I'm going to reclaim that. And so I Southerned it up a little bit with, Dinah and um just went for it so ultimately he gave me my drag name accidentally even though he was against me being in drag and you do have a, a an incredible drag name it is a good <laughs> it's name really good well thank you i, 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 I have am... a... go ahead oh i just i have a little affinity for punny drag names <laughs> so th- that brings me to something that i wanted to talk about yes um, is that so Sadie and I had a plan of a couple things that we wanted to do during this episode. We had to make sure that we talked about the gay demon Chinese exorcism situation. Um, like you do. <laughs> yeah, like, like you do. Well, if that's every, a new topic... friend, every new friend that I made, I'm like, oh, have you ever had an exorcism? It's like first beer conversation. Yeah. I mean, sort of. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. But one of the things that I thought would be fun would be if you helped us come up with hypothetical drag personas. <clears throat> so, Excuse me. Sorry. So we're going to have Sadie come up with a drag persona. Um, I guess, Sadie, you're going to be a drag king. Is that cool? Do you want to yeah, be a drag and, king? Yeah, oh, yeah, I absolutely do. I have some thoughts. I have, I'm having some name trouble, so I'm hoping that Dinah can help me solve this okay. problem that I definitely have not been thinking about for quite a while at all in any sort of way. What do you ask? I literally sent it because when we when we first started doing the the, the Pride uh, uh, Month planning, we we're like, we got to get Dinah on uh, episode. And we were like, this has literally been an idea that I sent Sadie like two, three months ago. So do you oh, wow. want yeah. do you want and then me you to can go help first? me come up with a drag queen? Uh, if I were going to be a drag queen, okay. what would my persona be? OK, so who do you who do we want to go? Well, go with do you first? want do you want to go with me first? Because I have like some thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Is that, that good? Okay. So 
I would love to be like a crust punk dude. If okay. the, if you think that there's a character here, I was I would love to do like like my ideal drag outfit would be like sleeveless i don't know like misfits shirt Mm. um maybe like a really really dirty social distortion shirt like cargo shorts um doc martens uh thinking some kind of like you know like green spiky hair so kind of uh anything that makes me look like johnny rotten okay is there a character in this direction do you think Oh, oh yeah. I will say Okay, Sadie, like scruffy the- face, because I I do know how to do the liquid latex face stuff. Oh, so oh. so I'm already like on what? the road here. My dad taught me how to do liquid latex when I was a kid. Oh, she it. had to do a lot of stage oh, for makeup the- for those. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Which scare him to Jesus. For Pax the Pirate Plays, yeah. <laughs> so like I literally this is what I do for a living is I teach teenagers how to do stage makeup. So like it's good time. That is a great job to have. <laughs> it's I'm not like, so fun. I'm not like super, super good, but like I, I know the basics of, I know like some, some pretty basic stuff. You know, I've learned that it doesn't like, you're never done getting better. So it's fine to just kind of not be the best and keep going. Um, I, so I was thinking Sadie, when you were saying that, first of all, this sort of, alt like grungy like rough around the edges dark thing is actually pretty popular in the drag king world um at least from what i've seen in like i've gone to like national pageants and stuff with my, Mm my best friend um for years and there's almost always someone who is like super dark and kind of scary um, but it sounds like you're going more into like a musician-y, like I'm part of a band vibe, which I'm into. So I would say you could try like selecting, there are different things you can do, but you might pattern your name off of a, a famous person and like riff on it. Or um, you can think of something sort of immediately punny. Um, so I will say there are, way too many people who whose names end in um like cider and um okay things like that <laughs> like like where it's like like i'm the the name that's coming to mind and i'm not thinking of a specific person because i feel like this is used more than more than a little is like justin cider um or there's right. a very famous drag king who is landon cider but what i was thinking was you could go like you could be like Sid Viciousy, um, but you could be like oh. Sid Luscious or Sid something else. Like, um, think of like you're coming up with like a heavy metal name and you're like an 80s, like an 80s metal guy. Like, yeah, and then none of those sexy. people are those real names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, or Johnny Rotten is good. Um, because like I don't actually like the Sex Pistols, which is funny because my husband really does. Just not my style of music, but I would love to like dress like Johnny Rotten. Mm. Like his outfits in like the 60s and the 70s, like the little plaid suits. Oh my God. Like the plaid suits with green hair and Doc Martens. Yeah, I'm into it. That it's- would be like, I feel like that is a character that I could embody well. I'm into that. So like a little- I was going to say if the if it was me designing a character for you it would be I would have you be a preacher boy <laughs> named like Rod Faithful. See. 
<laughs> that is Dinah, do you Dinah, can you have two drag characters? Is that a thing? Are you allowed to do that? Yeah. You can do whatever the hell you want. And you okay. would what you would do is your act would be going up on stage and singing about like you, you would sing songs that are like uh, uh like southern gospel type songs, but they would also be like the Jesus is my boyfriend type songs. Yeah, okay. I'm see, I'm following. That's what you. I'm that's what I'm envisioning for you. I so, can see that. I could I could see that. I do need you to if we if we, if we go that direction, you're gonna have to vocal coach me because I don't have the range. Okay. I need I need to work on my low range if I'm gonna do that. There you go. Cause I can speak in a I can speak in a low range. I can't um do it with my singing voice as well. Or we could just have you go up there and do like some some sermons, but then make the sermons really homoerotic. <laughs> okay, maybe I could. <laughs> Okay, so so those are some real solid ideas for a drag character for me. <laughs> but uh, if, if Gavi is going to be a beautiful drag queen, and and I'm, I am believe I going to be a beautiful drag queen? You're going to be one of those bearded queens, which are I oh, think special and queen. fun. Yeah. Okay, well, I I think it's really really fun to see a bearded queen personally. So. Dinah, what is my persona? And you're also, and you also need to know that he's six foot. You're six foot one. I am six foot one. I weigh one hundred and seventy eight pounds. So um, with some, so with some good old six inch heels, you're going to be six foot seven. That's like almost Isaiah Esquire height. Man, yeah, I Isaiah was... Esquire is a is a Portland area drag queen who is nearly seven feet without heels. I feel incredibly that intimidating human being. Like I'm, I'm six Are four you? flat foot, so oh, I'm a Boy. lot of woman. Um, I'm what Holy you know Bob cow. the drag queen would say a suspiciously large woman. Um, <laughs> I love Bob the drag queen. Um, um, she's um, great. Um, so one thing oh, that immediately springs to mind though is if you wanted to like do a like a um, a dual act together, then Gavi could be Faye Feeler. Um, Feeler. Faith. Okay. So you're like a faith healer, right? Um, <laughs> faith healer. Um, it's not my best work, but it'll it'll do in a pinch. No, that'll that'll work. Okay. But I don't know if that's the direction, like, because that could be a very like Tammy Faye direction. You could go. Um, it could. Yeah. You. Could I just. Also... I want to get him in really tall heels, and that's my priority here. Just this is because... all hypothetical. You're talking about like just actually be... trying to do this. No, I'm to... not. Because I love Isaiah Esquire, and and they are so tall, and that's just like I don't know. This. I, I mean, I yeah, that's fair. I will yeah. say, pro tip, Gavi, get a heel that's got a platform built in, because then your feet won't hurt as bad. Good point. Fair, um, fair. But if but Gavi, I I think I feel that you want to be more glamorous, maybe more club kitty. Is that right? I don't know. I, what, what what do you see for me? Oh gosh. Do I, I want to? Okay. Do I want to be glamorous? I would be glamorous. I mean, I'm glamorous no matter what. But well, I I get you know that's the impression I have is that because I know that you're um, attracted to nice things as a as oh, a human yes. being. Um, I feel like, you know, there are girls that I work with down here that like their whole aesthetic is just money and like looking expensive at all times. And so oh, that's definitely see, my aesthetic. Yeah. Like their whole thing is like, I want to look like I cost several thousand dollars to be here. 
And I'm into it. It's not my thing because I do camp and comedy. And so it's hard to wear like an eyeball encrusted gown and look like you, you know, are being paid thousands of dollars. Um, <laughs> but I think you could do a riff on like, um, like a, a famous actress or something. Let's see. see I do... was kind of thinking like old Hollywood or like yeah. super glamorous actress. That's see, if where I my was brain old, was going. If I was old Hollywood, I could be like super like Jewish American princess. You could. Can we Would come be... up with a Jewish pun on the name of a famous actress? Ooh. Um. Because this seems like this seems like a, a direction. Uh... Or we could just do something with Natalie Portman because I know you love Natalie Portman. Oh man, I do love Natalie Portman. She was my first love <laughs> yes as we discussed in the how yes. does gavi know that he's straight segment yeah how do i know that i'm straight i saw attack of the clones and i was like mm, let me get some of her <laughs> oh god we i thought i thought as society Great we movie. had chosen to ignore that those movies ever happened go back and watch attack of the clones again and that movie fucking bangs i i will hear no argument otherwise i love attack of the clones man you know the scene in the middle where okay, they're like drag queen yeah <laughs> like, trying to you get could, your we could do song. like greta garboy um but i don't feel like that's very clever what do you let's see what is a good jewish pun that we could do if you want to go that route Okay, let me think. Like, what type of actress are we talking about here that I'm like pretending to be? That that. So if I'm gonna be like old Hollywood, that's gonna be. Like, I mean, I personally am a Veronica Lake fan, but that's just me. Hmm. She like super super old. That is super old. Cool. I could see yeah, you I doing like a like a Jane Fonda e type thing. Jane Fonda. I have yes. to Google her. What? I know. What? I know that she, she was exists. A sex symbol for years. What is wrong with you? I she was who... like, she all the IFBs hate her because she did something in Vietnam. I don't she, know what. She's like eighty three years old. She got arrested with Ted Danson. She she posed on like a helicopter during the Vietnam War, and it was seen as very un-American that she was protesting the war. Oh. She also had workout videos, and it was a big deal. Yeah, and she yeah. was on Grace and Frankie. Yeah, she's on Grace and Frankie, which is a show that normalizes like women getting older, and I think that's fantastic. Wow. She is 83 years old. I saw a picture of her. It says Jane Fonda in 2019, and she looks incredible for being 81 she, years old in that picture. I don't know like how. A smoke show. Damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. But what if? Or this is a work in progress. We, we, this is we'll a work in progress. But I see you. I see Gavi. Like I see you wearing like a lot of like maybe furs or like marabou feather trims and like just dripping opulence i mean um, I, do, I do that anyway. yeah i was seeing I mean, like like white and diamonds and you wear yes, white anyway white, white and diamonds yeah like a liz taylor yeah, okay i could see that i could see that so i'm gonna say that's the direction is yeah like 70s era jane fonda maybe um, okay i think that i think that is the direction i think that you've really helped both of us with our completely hypothetical future drag careers. Well, I'm looking okay. forward to seeing these come to fruition, but if anybody listening wants to like Photoshop these into existence, <laughs> then 
Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, who is the um? What is her name that that did uh, the Eurovision Eurovision several a few years ago, and she won, and she has the beard. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, the only thing that I know very about vaguely. The only thing that I know about Eurovision is that ABBA won Eurovision, and also like two years ago, the Israel won Eurovision. Uh, like Eurovision two or three years awesome. ago, and, the, okay, and was, I thought the Will Ferrell movie was good, even though everybody thought it was bad. Well, really, I thought it was real. I heard it was really I good. It was, I, I thought it was. It. Well, you probably heard it from me. I thought it was great. Um, her name is Conchita Wurst, and she was a a queen who won Eurovision. She's from Austria. Um, mm-hmm. Gorgeous, but bearded, and I think you could do that. I think that'd be nice. Um, yeah, okay. I don't think he's getting rid of the beard at this point. And yeah, that's no. fine. That's. Fine. I have a weak chin. It's sad. Oh, well, at least you realized that about yourself. Yeah, grew a thick beard. <laughs> no one can tell now. So I want to know, Just I, I was th- I w- I've been thinking of the insane clown posse song that samples <laughs> Steven Anderson. Oh, my God. Um, insane clown posse. Have you ever directly incorporated or sampled any parts of your upbringing into your act as Dinah? Um, yeah, I so... I would say directly yes and no. Um, I've definitely done a good bit of stand-up material about um, coming from a super conservative household and um, like that that means that I like I refer to the holiday season as the tone it down season. Um, (laughs) And like like you don't want to go home and be just like, you know glitter fairy everywhere when it's when you're like in southern mississippi with the extended family and you're going target practice like shooting guns so um i do incorporate it in that way um i also i've i've done a lot of bits about the duggars in my um in my stand-up and in like i host a lot of events and things I watched uh, some of your stand-up on the internet uh, before we had you on. And so there was an episode a few uh, months ago, I think, where I made a joke about Carissa Collins. And then a few days later, I watched one of your stand-up. And this joke was very vulgar to the point where I had... And I made you bleep it. Yes, where I had to bleep that from the... (laughs) from from the episode you can listen to that joke if you subscribe to the patreon um but and then i went onto your youtube and watched you make that exact same joke about michelle duggar so are you serious that's funny um that's yeah i've i've made a lot of jokes the joke i'm talking about yeah now that you say that um i do and it is vulgar um (laughs) 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 yeah and that that's funny because i didn't even think about that when i heard you say that but yeah i've made a lot of jokes about the duggars and like at one point i had written like a hypothetical musical based on the duggars (gasps) um where i had like just come up with like song titles um i'll give you the one that i can remember right now is daddy that hurts my head and it's just about how she's always pregnant and and how the baby and it's from the baby's point of view so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um do you maybe want somebody who is a composer and a songwriter (laughs) and a really good parody artist yes um 
to work with you on this hypothetical. I, I would love musical. that. There's we also could, Sadie. Do you think that we could produce this musical, or that uh, we could compose this musical? I think we could because because what you may not know about me, listeners and everybody, is I'm a pretty good songwriter. I, I feel confident about my songwriting abilities, but what I am much, much better at is writing parody songs Ooh. or comedy songs. That's where I'm, what I'm actually good at much better than I am at just, you know, regular old songwriting. Well, I have lots of ideas, um, not just about like vulgar Duggar musical things, but like lots of comedy I'm ideas. So I'm Duggar. very into that. Um, there I'm was here also for the one vulgar Duggar musical, though. There, another one in the Duggar musical is The Baptistry is Tainted. Um, and it's about using the baptistry as like a water birthing station as well. <laughs> because why not if you've got your own? Um, oh my God. So I those are some options for you. But yeah, I, I have talked a lot about the Duggars just because I do recognize, first of all, it's local flavor. Like in Arkansas, people know who the Duggars are. But also I recognize a lot of my own upbringing in what what they sort of espouse. Like, I, I remember, like, talking to my, a cousin of mine when I visited, and her just talking about how much she just adores the Duggars and and just looks up to them so much and wants to be just like the girls and in raising her children and just thinking, oh, my God. No, you don't. You uh-huh. really, really don't. Um, but I've also done, like, I've got some things that I want to do in drag that are kind of direct quotations from my upbringing so um there is a christian artist who was super popular in the 90s uh named sandy patty and um she is sandy patty sandy patty and it i know it sounds like she should be on spongebob but this predates (laughs) spongebob so there was no irony in it no she was on like tv like on televangelist shows right yes she i believe she sang uh, with the gaithers if uh if you're aware of the gaither um vocal band i think is their i definitely am god he probably isn't but i know most of our listeners any of this stuff is so i'll I'll send you a, a youtube link but she sings in a very like practiced and measured she's got a beautiful voice but she sings in a very practiced measured church lady way um and she's she's got a gorgeous soprano but she's a lot and she sings these overtly emotional songs about how Jesus is the only reason she exists. And when we finally are able to see him in heaven, how that will be the most, you know, enrapturing moment of her existence. And um, there's a video of her that I'll send you that she's singing this song, which is a pretty song. And I've heard, I've heard it a lot growing up, but she's also for some reason about a quarter of the way through, she starts signing the lyrics as she's singing in this like very like emotionally wrought way. Um, It's almost like um, it reminds me a lot of, of the way that you would sing for musical theater um, or something like that. But it's like tears in her eyes and close-ups of people behind her. Is it is it kind of like in Napoleon Dynamite when he's performing with the sign language club? 
Is it like that? Okay. (laughs) Like the earnestness is palpable and it's so funny. But um, the other thing is that growing up, my mom would sing special music in like Sunday morning worship services. And she sang so much Sandy Patty. And um, she would like get up and she would sing, like she would give a little bit of testimony and then she would cry a little bit. And then she would like nod to the person in the sound booth and then her accompaniment, you know, cassette tape would start. And so that's a lot, man. That is, (laughs) it is a lot. So like, it just makes me laugh because I also like the first time I ever got into drag, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, that's my mother. I see my mother like a very made up version of my mother. Um, and so it's really funny. And so I see that as like a tribute, but also like a winking, nudging tribute to <laughs> my upbringing. Uh, but yeah, Sandy Patty, look her up. Sandy with an eye. Patty we, like we a burger. We definitely will. Oh yeah, my go God. So, um, so I know that that one more accolade that you have as we close out this um, roller coaster of an episode that I wish could go on so much longer but it's been pretty long already it is <laughs> so i know that one further accolade that you have is the the title of the meanest person in little rock you guys did your homework and i'm impressed you we know, don't just get f-ing anybody on this people, show every once in a while we get somebody say that saying that we didn't research our show who and- says that we don't research our show um i may have i may have accidentally clicked into our twitter message requests <laughs> which I probably shouldn't have read. but I, I don't even read our message requests. I'm too busy. Who said I that? I don't suggest it. I don't remember. Who, I don't who suggest said that? It. I'm, do you, did you delete it or is it still? I, let me let me go in and see that right now. It's still in there. It might be in there or it might be on our podcast reviews. I can't remember. Somebody Does said anybody think us. that we don't? Okay, look. Do you know how much f***ing 1970s TV I had to watch? <laughs> to uh, try to find Paul Sand. To try to find Paul f***ing Sand. No, but we we actually we we do a lot of research. Um, we just act like we don't. Anyway, <laughs> Miss Meanest Person in Little Rock, you yes. earned that title because of a game yeah. called You Look Like. I did. Yes, it was. I think January twenty nineteen. You know, before and, the world closed down, I did that. Yes, and and how you play You Look Like is you pretty much just insult people, but you put the words you look like at the front of every. <laughs> phrase is that it i mean yeah roasting yeah yeah there's some the rules are basically that everything has to start with you look like so it's it's a roast battle it's intentionally like roasty and defensive ish um and yeah it has to start with you look like if the the way that it works in like an actual like comedy club or whatever is that if you accidentally um, say something to the person you're battling and you don't start with you look like you have the one minute of shame where they hold up a mirror like a full-length mirror to you and you have to you look like yourself for an entire <laughs> minute which is i've never like i've never messed up and had to do it but that's f-ing hard <laughs> like that's, that's a lot that's... of content like a minute solid of roasting yourself Oof. So, I do yes. not want to roast myself, but uh, I did. I did uh, prepare a couple jokes for you. I'm so into it. Okay, well, the roast I the, the roast I prepared of Sadie doesn't have to do with her physical appearance. Well, it's not like 
it's not like it's not about appearance always. Okay. It's like so Diana, just, do you yeah, it doesn't have to be this? appearance. So no, I can just but, say any roasty thing and then you have you to start like, it with you look like. Like okay. you could you could say like Gavi, you look like you show up to Super Bowl parties in a blazer and drink wine. <laughs> I don't show up to Super Bowl parties in a blazer and drink wine. I show up to Super Bowl parties in a tuxedo and drink cognac. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to recant. Like, like, what is that word? Re- There's no yeah. rebuttal. Yeah, you're not supposed to rebut my statements. You're supposed to say something mean about me instead. Well, I just had to make sure that you know. <laughs> That's not how this game works. <laughs> I have to set the record straight. It's. I mean, okay. I, I. You know, that's fair, Gavi. That you are, are you're a one upper. It sounds like so. It's gonna be fine. But yes, you can have your tuxedo and your cognac. But okay. Sadie still made a solid joke. Okay. I'll be the <laughs> arbiter the mistake, here. The mistake was that oh, it didn't go you? far enough. I, okay. I just push it I, further. I, yes. I do not have the material for like a full round of you look like, but I, I did. Fine. I thought we could go back and forth a few times. If you have any, anything you want to, you know, get off your chest about me. <laughs> um, that sounds lovely. I'm very into all of this. Sorry. I'm shifting around. Let me be still. Um, um, yeah. I've got a few written for you guys. I didn't write a ton. Cause it's like the uh, cayenne me, pepper. Like you want a little. You don't want that to be the only thing in the podcast. Get, give okay. me like a second here. I have one, two, three, four. I have four solid Dinah jokes. Oh. Who has say? Did you have any about me? Um. Other than I have no, not really. My jokes I wrote about you are not, are not as good as the ones I wrote about Dinah. So okay. I think so. I'm, I'm gonna roast you later. Three, maybe three and four three or four for both of you guys so yeah okay I, yeah so that works well that sounds like this that sounds like this is just meant to be let's do it okay all righty what order what what how dinah you you tell us how we want to do this because you're the um, expert let's see it's weird because there's three people so why don't we do um you know that in the edit i'm just going to change it all up so that mine get the most laughs right yes i, I know. know okay so so dinah how about how about you and i go back and forth first and and then if you want to take some pot shots at gava you can also do that okay okay yeah, we can Would do that because i actually have i have responses for you that are that are pretty good okay nice do you want me to start um, yeah so yeah you go ahead dinah you look like when they did your exorcism somebody mixed up some words in latin and they accidentally put more demons in oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, sadie you look like you're auditioning for the road company of Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, the musical. <laughs> you look like the kind of person who makes mimosas out of Sunny D and Colt 45. I've actually done and that. I wrote that before. It's, mimosa, it's a brass monkey. Beastie Boys have a song about it. I just, I just yeah. like to insult people by saying they drink Colt 45 because I hate it. That's funny. Song. I don't think I've ever had Colt 45, but that is funny. You're literally <laughs> missing nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sadie. Uh, you look like you know at least three uses for marshmallow fluff, and you're as white as the jar it comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Dinah, you look. <laughs> this one's really yes. good. <clears throat> you look like that lady who restored the H.A. Homo painting of Jesus took a stab at a painting of Tammy Faye Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
All right, vicious. Got, that was that was good. That's a like that's a good reference too. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, I think this is my last one for Sadie. Uh, Sadie, you look like the precious moments version of a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> okay, okay. I can I can I have a parting a parting Please shot at do. you? Please do. I would love okay, it. This is my meanest one. If you want Gabby to cut it, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> okay. You look like D. Snyder before he went to Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Got him. That's so people, funny. So now nobody thinks I'm super nice anymore. Oh no. I'm gonna crawl off in my precious moments, manic pixie dream girl dead. hole and die. Oh god. I just you know, I thought about you, Sadie, and I was like, just you've got this like precious moments dull, just like innocent eyes, but you're going through some <laughs> so, I was pretty pleased about that. <laughs> All right, all right. All right. So, when's so, my uh, turn? It's it's your turn now. That's all my yes. that's all my it's good. My turn. Okay, Sadie, uh, you look like you have so much trauma that they taught us about you in driver's ed class. Hey <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're just gonna you're just gonna have to keep roasting me because I didn't write jokes for you. Oh, okay, well, I only have a few. Okay, well, the other one that I was gonna say is Sadie. You look like you look like you were raised in a cult where everyone thinks that they're from the 1950s, and then you married a guy who has a haircut from the 1950s. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Dinah's seen a picture of my husband, but it's true. <laughs> I, I'm gonna trust you, but I like that there's have a you, weird Freudian thing there. Have you seen? Uh, yeah, probably. Have you seen Clueless? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you know like. The guy that the main character tries to get with in Clueless, but then he turns out being gay. Elton. Mm-hmm. My husband looks exactly like him, pretty much. <laughs> no, I, I think we sh- let's uh, let's do a couple more babies crying. So I, my time is limited. Let's get a okay. couple more good insults in here before we go. Okay, Dinah, what do you have for me? All right, uh, Gavi, you <laughs> you look like you eat ass with a knife and fork. I mean, mm. <laughs> there's no rebuttal, right? No. There's, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Dinah, you look like bootleg Louis the Sixteenth, and when Marie Antoinette said, "Let them eat cake," uh, you ate all the cake, and then that's why the people revolted. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, <laughs> Gavi, your beard says it could be religious, it could be aesthetic, but I really grew it to help with the acoustics in my bedroom slash studio. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) (laughs) What else do I have for you? I'm trying to scroll through. I wrote these down. You look like Nicolas Cage's bad, terrible role choice. (laughs) (laughs) I only ever want to be the wicker man for the rest of my life. So that's fine. Uh, let's see. Gavi, you look like Poshmark is always open in the background forever. <laughs> <laughs> Dinah, like- you look like you listen to this show too much. And that's why, you know, all of this information about me. Oh, Gavi, you look like your special occasion religious garb says Supreme on the inside. 
I own nothing that says Supreme. Supreme is a garbage brand, I tell you. Um, a garbage brand. Oh, okay. So I go just... for quality, not branding. Mm, okay, okay, okay. You hit a you hit a rough you that was that was uncalled for. I do not <laughs> buy Supreme. <laughs> oh, Gavi. Yeah. You look like your shoes have more character than you do. <laughs> <laughs> is that too much? Uh, no no okay that's all i've got for you yeah i I don't have anything else little afternoon um quick brainstorm (laughs) (laughs) we all still we all still love each other yeah we do yes no i love it let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya sadie you didn't roast me at all i i was too busy writing jokes about dinah okay i have a limited supply of comedy on any given day i'll post them on twitter that's fine. Yes, feel free to roast me on Twitter. That's absolutely acceptable. Well, I think we've done it all. We've talked about trauma. We've talked about Duggar parody musical theater. We've talked uh, about drag. We've talked about drag. We've made our drag characters. We've roasted each other. Uh, we've gotten slightly day drunk on recording. I was just saying, yeah, yeah we're, we're rolling into hour three, so... <laughs> we're, trying, we're, we're trying to be the ex-Vangelical Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> Oh, oh God! Please do. no. There already <laughs> is uh, somebody who thinks he's the ex-evangelical <laughs> Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, and he's not very good. That's fine. Why would anyone model themselves after Joe Rogan? I don't know. Why would anybody be like mask off transphobic on Twitter? Because the reason why you model yourself after Joe Rogan is because you are fake deep and middle brow, and uh, you think that elk meat is. F- and delicious i don't know i i and all you want to do is elk elk meat and d in, in dmt that's how <laughs> you that's, do either of those things <laughs> that's what joe rogan talks about on his show he'll get fucking like he'll get like bernie sanders on or, or like elon musk or somebody like actually famous on and then he'll be like have you ever had elk meat and they'll be like the fuck are you asking me about elk meat for and they'll be like you ever done dmt like he'll, he'll he'll get like bernie sanders on and ask bernie sanders you ever done dmt what's really interesting is i have had elk meat and i have not done dmt but somebody offered it to me at a bar one time this episode <laughs> of the leaving eden podcast is brought to you by dmt <laughs> And uh, thank you so much, Dinah, for being the absolute best to hang out with for an extremely long time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for coming to hang out with us. This has been fantastic. I have had a blast. Thank you guys so much for inviting me and listening to me ramble and uh, laughing at some of my jokes. It's been so much fun. Do you have any social media that you would like to plug? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. It's Dynahousefire One. I'm pretty sure I'm also just regular Dynahousefire, but I pulled a Sadie. Um, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also on Instagram at Dynahousefire, and I'm on Facebook if you feel like looking at my crazy day to day crap. That's usually where I, I post a lot of stuff. Just regular old Dynahouse Fire. Sadie, do you want to plug your social? Yeah, that's yeah. how it usually goes. Yeah, you can follow me on. Um, you can follow me on um, Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music or on Twitter at Hell Yeah Sadie or on TikTok at some handle yet to be determined. 
Oh, and then it's. I'm just not giving up. I I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you can follow the podcast on uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Leaving Eden Podcast on Twitter at Leaving Eden Pod. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at G A V R I E L H A C O H E N. And if you want to send us your emails, email us with questions because that uh, we're going to do a Q and A episode next month. It's going to be really good. Uh, Email us with questions at LeavingEdenPod at Gmail dot com. Yeah, that's it. Until next time, you guys have a nice day. Thanks for coming to the Leaving Eden Drag Brunch. Leaving Eden Happy Drag Pride, Brunch. y'all. Happy, Happy Pride. Pride. Bye-bye. <laughs> but old rolling river tide Healed me in too many days No regrets, no Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.